Chasing the Triple Crown, number five. This is Howard Danette, CEO of Angolite Media. And uh, my producer, Max Danette, is here along with me. He's he's also the podcast producer, and he also was the producer of um, Beers, Beards, and Bastards. Yes. A, a, comedia, a comedic look at craft beers. That's what we do. <laughs> um, do our NFL picks and stuff, too. So. Oh, that's true. NFL picks. Those are always good. Yeah. So who'd you like this week? Anybody? Um, were, you, were you on or off? Uh, I'm usually on top. I'm usually the one who d- picks the best. That's so a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually the one. <laughs> I'm usually the one who. Uh, whoo, I'm usually the one who picks the the most correct. Uh, a, I, I haven't checked it yet, but I think I did okay. That's a bad visual. Okay. <laughs> Moving along here. So some news. Some news. Um, cross traffic. The winner of the Whitney handicap is out of the classic with a minor shin injury at least it's minor kind of sad yeah um that's it's a he's a beautiful horse uh yeah i like cross traffic he's a little disappointing and he he, you know he ran really well in the whitney and uh pletcher's done a really good job with him so that's a little bit sad to me yeah um some belmont notes let's hit some belmont notes here princess of salamar a pletcher horse he 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 beat uh royal delta just recently is luckily or likely getting pointed towards the Breeders' Cup distaff. Luck, luckily, luckily. What's up with that? Uh, let's see. And Royal Delta uh, exercise rider Rodolfo Brizette had a good hole hold of hold of the mare Royal Delta through the lane as she got her final quarter in twenty three and seven, which is a pretty good quarter. Ron the Greek, the jockey club and gold cup winner trained by billy mott uh won a half mile in 47 and one which is that's a pretty good half mile 12 second furlongs you have to understand that Un- anything under 12 seconds in a furlong is pretty good mm. half mile is uh four furlongs so that's that's a pretty good time hmm. uh that's let's see him. yeah that's big for him mott said <laughs> noting that ron greek usually doesn't work that fast Interesting that he worked that well. Hmm. Interesting is an interesting word. That is interesting. <laughs> so anyhow. Um, Easter- it's just not a fluke, you know? It yeah, could, well, like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you, you get a horse that's like just feeling it that day or something? Or? Yeah, maybe. Well, th- like we, we talked about before, that they, they all have... You never know. They all feel different ways, you know? Sometimes I feel like crap, and I don't know if I can... You know, so it's kind of like... Or the times where you feel like crap, and you do real, real well. Yeah, this is true. That's true <laughs> also. And then you're on top. <laughs> don't go, don't get me going. Can't we? <laughs> they get me giggling. Easter gift, I like that name. That's a good name. And the last gunfire, I like that name too. It reminds me of like Clint Eastwood like the, or something. I, reminds me of the last Starfighter, which is a little bit different. But that's true. It does. I remember that's a good movie. It is a good movie. <laughs> um, a pair of Chad Brown trained horses, who are possible for the Dirt Mile, which is you know Breeders' Cup again. Worked a half in 48.2, which is a little over uh, 12 seconds of furlong. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll get my 12 seconds of furlong note pretty soon because we're going to talk about some training tips or some handicapping tips. Not training tips. <laughs> handicapping tips later on. Training t- tips for horses. Um, Joe Rosario was aboard Easter Gift, and that's, that's one of the uh, 
one of my rants. We're going to rants and raves next, Maxie. Rants and raves. Yeah. <laughs> um, Joel Rosario's back. He was uh, out. He he uh, busted up his ankle in Saratoga. I forget what horse he was riding, but he he got hurt. No and uh, he's back. So it's I'm, I'm glad that he's back. He's really good. He was leading the uh, American uh, Jockey winning uh stats for this this year i can't remember what it's called yeah i don't know what it's called no um but he's back he dropped down to third (laughs) he was on top of the edgewoods (laughs) um the the jockey standings i'm sorry i was kind of a half-assed way i'm a little tongue-tied tonight but that's okay you're good um back up in the irons let's see so so ankle probably be especially for a jockey that's rough because I mean, that's part of your. That's like, oh yeah, no. That I mean, they hang on by their ankles. Yeah. Believe it or not. Well, yeah. They don't, I mean, just think about it. They're always, you know, kind of hovering over the thing that they call a saddle. That's kind of a tiny little like silver dollar on the back of a horse, yeah. and they're hanging on by pretty much their ankles. So yep. it's probably a critical part to their probably physiology that they have their ankle working. Yep. Anyhow, that's good though. Um, so that's one of my raves. The other rave is uh, Chad Brown. Chad Brown has been hot lately. He's a trainer. He's a <laughs> he's a young. What are you snickering at? <laughs> he's been hotting on top. <laughs> Good lord! Here we go with the on top stuff again. Anyhow, um, back on topic. He's thirty five years old. Young guy. Um, started training in. 2008 used to train with uh, Bobby Frankel. So he's been doing really well of late. So Chad hails from Saratoga, New York. So that's the the mecca of horse racing. Mm -hmm. He's had four graded stakes winners um, last week, actually, to the Brown Stable. Um, He won Sunday's Miss, Miss Gorillo and the Pilgrim, and then Wednesday's Jasmine at uh, Keeneland. Miss Gorilla? <laughs> Miss Gorilla. Is that a, wait, where is it? Is that a name of something? Yeah, that's a race. Oh, okay. It's a race. Um, the uh, Browns Alterite finished second in the Sunday, and I <laughs> I had Alterite in one of my exactas because of my buddy Tommy told me he was a good horse. And he, he, looked, he looked really good, but finished second. At Keeneland, an- another little uh, so so that's Chad Brown. He's done done really well lately. Um, he's been hot. He's in the, in the national trainers standings. He, he's like third. So um, an- another note here: uh, kittens dumplings, a good name, wins the Queen Elizabeth II challenge. There's a lot of tongue tires tonight. I disagree. That's a horrible name. <laughs> kittens dumplings. Yeah, kittens is, dumplings. It is, it is not that good. Uh, so on to the rave portion, or the rant. The rant, the rave, has, that's the rant. rant. So Calder and Gulfstream, they're back at it again. It's like the Hatfields and McCoys down there. <laughs> I don't know what is going on. Um, they're very close together. The tracks physically are close together, and they're having some challenges. So I guess Calder didn't provide a feed to Gulfstream. And they were missing, I don't know, four or five tracks or some some craziness. And uh, it's very political. Provide a feed meaning what? Like expand um, the Calder feed to 
Golfstream for off-track betting. Oh, so, I see. So I they didn't you. provide, and something they're contractually bound to do this. Right. And, all, I mean, and, and they said there was some telecommunications issue or something. So, but they're not buying it and thinking it's. Yeah. So it was. Um, so it's like the Hatfields and McCoys, but yeah. they, they've been fighting back and forth about you know, Golfstream opened up a winter meet or a fall meet against like Calder because usually Golfstream shut down right now and they're mm-hmm. having so they're taking some of the attendance away from Calder and Calder is kind of on a down you know they're just downward not as big spiral either, are they? yeah I mean, so. if they're not associated with the big yeah I don't they're not and the the track is kind of older run down. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard the word "dumpy" or you know, so it, it's unfortunate. I'd like to see both of them because the yeah. horse racing is kind of taking a hit recently. But anyhow, so that's that's my rant. Get it together, rant. guys. Come on, get it together. Yes, stop the feuding. Say Anglite. Get it together. Yes. Can't we all just be friends? <laughs> Can't, Can't we, we all just feed each other? <laughs> <laughs> so on to the next topic here. Um, the classic. So, looking at the classic for the Breeders' Cup, that's that's the biggie. It's a five million dollar um, race, which everybody kind of looks forward to. And there's a bunch of hoi- horses, 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 horses Enjoy-sy. pointing to it. Um, Game on, dude. So Bob Baffert trained Game on, dude. And I think actually Game on, dude was the fave last year in Fort Larned. Well, isn't he uh, beat him five for five or? Uh, so I was going to mention that he is I steal um, your thunder. He, he did steal the thunder a little bit, but I'm a little clunky tonight. But that's okay. Um, so he is five for five, which is a hundred percent win percentage. So hundred percent win percentage. What's up with that? But anyhow, <laughs> Mike Smith riding. Um, so I would say that he has been pretty tough this year. But I don't know if I would bet him because you know hundred percent. That's that's pretty good, yeah. and they are horses. Um, Ron the Greek, the surprise winner of the Jockey Cub Club Gold Cup with Jose Legazano, is also running. It's Bill Mott. And actually, Game on Dude is six, so he's a six-year-old horse, which is, in, in horse racing terms, is kind of old. Yeah, that's older. Or That's a nicer way to put it, not, older. That's not the oldest, though, I'm um, Yeah, he, he isn't the oldest. Then Ron the Greek is six. And then Fort... Learned is not a spring chicken. Um, trained by Ian Wilkes. I, I think you got to watch out for Fort Learned. He ran really well last year. Then the old ever effervescent and tough Mucho Macho Man has been running well lately. I like Mucho Macho Man. Kathy Ritvo, the trainer, and an oldie but a goodie Gary Stevens. He's probably jockey. one of my favorite jockeys, yeah, too. He's, he's, he's good. feisty. Then you have the tough three-year-old, one of the top four three-year-olds, I would say, for this year, Palace Malice, the Belmont winner, with J.R. Velasquez. And did I give a shout-out to J.R.? I didn't in our raves rave section. He broke the... He's the biggest earning jockey ever. We talked about last week. We did talk about it last week. Um, he broke that bubble. Do you remember the amount? Uh, I don't. It was two hundred and ninety-seven million. Yeah, it was <laughs> plus. Gonna, that's that's like it was re- way off. <laughs> ridiculous, and it's been held by Pat Day since two thousand five. 
So gotcha. congrats. A little golf clap for oh, J.R. Okay. I'll insert some golf claps <laughs> in the sound effects. For, for J.R. Velasquez, or John Velasquez, as I like to call him, or Johnny, Johnny V. Um, we'll take charge running. That's the uh, D. Wayne Lucas uh, superstar. I mean, he's came on late, and he is he has done really well. So, and his earnings are up there. So, I, I think he's going to be something to be uh, kind of reckoned with. But he's a big kind of lumbering horse. So, if somebody gets in his way, he might have issues. Because I don't think I don't know how agile he is, but I don't know if I'd get in his way because he's big, kind of like stew ball or something. <laughs> and then flat out, who is the oldest horse in the race from this particular chart that I was reading? He's seven, which is ancient in horse racing lore. Um, he's a Bill Mott horse with uh, Junior Alvarado riding. There's two. Looks like there's two Bill Mott horses. Yeah, a couple of Bill Mott horses. There's a couple of uh, Pletcher, Pletcher horses, yeah. of course. We'll talk a little bit about more about that later because mm. Pletcher is a he's on fire also. Then you have Painter Bob Baffert with Martin Garcia, Moreno who is tough with uh, JL Ortiz and I like Moreno. Moreno too. Yeah, he's tough. He's a front runner. So I don't know how that's going to shape up. I'll have to handicap. That's going to be a toughie. That's a tough. That's a good race. So then I just want to talk a little bit about the juvenile, which is the chasing the triple crown. This is what we're all about. These uh, two-year-olds coming up through, and it's always tough. There's like, God, there's like. 152 year olds currently yeah there's a lot of horses jockeying for a position yeah so, if you will yeah so I, I pulled out some some of the contenders um so strong mandate he was doing very well but he finished seventh in the champagne mm-hmm. he's the d wayne lucas Horse. That was a more recent race, yeah. That was it was kind of recent. Last weekend or two weeks oh, ago? Oh God, I don't know. It's been uh, a while. Let's see. I think it was last weekend. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I think it was last weekend. Sure. Or maybe the weekend before. The weekend before. I, I think, think it was weekend before. Yeah. So Bob Baffert's got a couple. Can the man and New Year's Day that's gonna be in the juvenile. Uh Dale Romans has a horse clear Cleburne? Yeah, I think it's Cleburne. Cleburne. Uh, Havana, the winner of the Champagne. And he, he's been tough. He's won a couple. He looks tough. Uh, Bondholder with Doug O'Neill, uh, a, a California trainer. Dance with Fate, Peter Yurton. Yurton? Yurton. Mm. <laughs> Interesting I name. I don't know that name. Yeah. Nor is do that, I. Is that a no namer? Well, not a no namer, but yeah. A- so I don't. I I'd have to look him up. I don't know him either. I'm suspecting. I, I know a lot of the New York trainer. He might be from New York, but I, I doubt it. I think he's from California. Be West Coast. Yeah. So I'm I'm more of an East Coast guy, and I'm on the West Coast. And then we miss Artie with Todd Pleasure. And that's that's pretty much. And and my brown eyed guy, Kathleen O'Connell. So that's kind of the British Cup jewel. That could change a little bit from now and then and then one of the things that maybe it's a rant is uh honor code suge's horse suge so suge is not going to bring him out to the juvenile which is kind of a shame um i'm a little disappointed about that because i would think he would fit well with these horses he ran really well 
in the juvenile. He almost got up. He he like ran from the parking lot. He swang <laughs> he he swang eight wide, and it was a game. Of, I mean, he was out, coming down the stretch in that race. He was eight wide, and yeah. he almost got up to yeah. went to beat Havana, but. Havana's uh, Pletcher's horse kind of hung on, but Honor Code was coming from the cheap seats. <laughs> and if he if he if he could have got an inside route, or I mean, there was a wall of horses, so he had to come from. He was like dead last or second to last, and he came flying at the end. He was a pretty good closing horse. So yeah, so I just he, I love so Shug's name because it's so delightfully southern. Shug. If you ever hear him talk, he's very very. He has a very like a drawl, like a Louisiana drawl. Shug Gahey, Shug, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and he's kind of an unassuming. Yeah, he's he's an interesting guy. When, and when he won the Derby, like the Kentucky Derby with Orb, he was like they showed him in the <laughs> Glory B. He was watching it on a TV, and he wasn't even like I would be. Yeah, going, he he cut they going, cut to him, and he was just kind of like. <laughs> I'd be going nuts, but he was very reserved. He was Al Gore in it. Yeah, he was kind of like, it's like, yeah, that's good. Thank you. Anyhow. He's just an interesting character, I think. He's, he is kind of a, he's almost like a cartoon character, I think. Yeah. Who would he be like? Suge, if you're listening, we love you. Yeah, we do love you. <laughs> he's one of my favorite trainers. So he brings up horses very slow. So I guess the reasoning, he's going to yeah. run in a, on a, in a race on November 30th. It's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar Grade Two race. Can't recall the name off the top of my head, but it's on the East Coast, so he's he's kind of taking it easy with yeah. Honor Code, which is probably it's probably a good thing. But yeah, I'm just, there's just, probably something he knows. Th- that yeah, he, I mean, he's he's notorious for bringing horses up very slow. It's very Southern of him. So, but that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a thing. So I was going to just talk a little bit about the standings across the board for all tracks um all jockeys all horses blah 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 all trainers so <laughs> that blah 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 really sold it yeah, so let's talk about some horses so max who's the uh, winningest horse in 2013 and now this is without the um there's one race that's huge that animal kingdom won the Dubai World Cup, which is a five million dollar race, that and he would be the leading money earner. But yeah, I'm, I'm leaving that out in these standings. <laughs> um, Orb Orb is is number one. Orb. You are correct. He's eight for four. And then Game on, dude. Game on, dude. Five for five. There you go. That five for five. There's the thunder. That's crazy. Game on, dude. And then I, I was surprised by this. We'll take charge. Hmm. Nine for four for one point seven million. Is that the uh, big lumbering stew ball? He's the big lumbering seventeen hand D Wayne Lucas horse. Mm. And then Wise Dan. Wise Dan is an eighty three percent. He's six for five. He's going to pr- probably be running in the dirt mile along with Verrazano, who is eight for six, and he's the fifth horse. That's the top five. And then Princess of Salamar. She's seven for six, or yeah, seven races, six first. Mm. Then Palace Malice departing Oxbow and Ron the Greek hit the top ten. That's the top ten horses nice. in, in the U.S. Then you have Cross Hatches number eleven, Royal Delta number twelve, Revolutionary number thirteen. But I'm I'm stopping there. I was only going to do the top ten. Lucky number thirteen. 
Lucky, lucky, lucky number seven. Let's movie. go on to jockeys. So Javier Castellano with 1,349 starts, 292 firsts. So he has a win percentage of 22% for a total of $20 million, Javier Castellano. Is that all? Yes. Then J.R. Velasquez, number two. This is interesting. Javier had 1,349 starts or mounts. And John Velasquez only has 875. Um, Must balance out in the ratios then, like the but wins. But he's won 18 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he's picking his shots on better horses, it seems. Then Joel Rosario, the injured but back now, um, 1,064. These guys are, I think Joel and Javier are a little younger. John Velasquez is 42. Not old, but he's still got some years left. He's going to really... yeah. He's going to set a pretty good record, I think. Um, then Rafael um, Belharano. Nice. And then Rosie. Rosie's number five. She's one of, becoming one of my favorite jocks. She's number five. Then Jose Legazano is number six. Mike Smith's number seven. Ired Ortiz, interestingly enough, is number eight. Mm. Junior Alvarado is number nine. And Jose Ortiz is number ten. And then Luis Salas. Hmm. Is number eleven. Nice. Wasn't Rosie sixth last year? I think she climbed one. I think she was eighth. Oh, but she's fifth now. She's climbing up to the. She's I definitely mean, so climbing. She's, is the, yeah. the, the point? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Cornelio Velasquez is number twelve, and Julian Lepardu is number thirteen. So there we go. Thirteen again. Nice. Top thirteen. We'll do the thirteen. So that's uh, jockeys. Pretty interesting to look at it. So the tenth has nine million and the first has twenty million. So that that goes to show you. And they make a percentage of winning, so that's pretty good. So who who would you guess is the leading trainer in the country? Todd Pletcher. <laughs> hey, there's a there's even, a hard one. <laughs> even if I didn't know, I'd still guess Todd Pletcher. Yes. So the top five trainers, Todd Pletcher. Then you got Bob Baffert, who's a California guy. So Todd Pletcher total winnings this year twenty one million, four hundred three thousand. Bob Baffert eleven million, number two. So he's almost got twice as much in yeah. winnings. Um, he's got seven hundred and thirteen starts. That's a lot of horses. Uh, Bob Baffert has four hundred sixty nine. Then you have Chad Brown is in third with ten million. Steve Asmussen is got nine million. And he's got he's got a lot of starts, but I think he 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 um is out of Remington, Oklahoma, so he still is running a lot of horses there. That's a yeah. a track in Oklahoma, so I think it's lower, so he has to run more to get the the numbers up. Yeah, but he's he's a really good trainer. Then you got Billy Matz, number five, Jerry Hollendorfer. He's a California guy, and he's done very well. Michael Maker is number seven. Uh, Mike Mark Cass. Did you get number six? eight? Who was six? Six, Jerry Hollendorfer. Okay, maybe. California guy. Number five, Billy Mott. Number nine, John Sadler. Number 10, Claude McGahee. Shug. Hmm. Number 11, Doug O'Neill. 12, David Jacobson. 13, good ja- a good trainer, Karen McLaughlin. She's a... Uh, I just saw her name. No, I didn't. It's a... 
him. It's not a her. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. For the correction, what I was what I was thinking is I just saw Kathleen O'Connell. Ah, and that's what I thought. So that's uh, standings for jockeys train. Any any questions there, Max? Nope. Any surprises? Car- was, Carol's I, a man. Yeah, <laughs> Kieran. Kieran's a man. <laughs> it's a man. I was surprised by Will take charge being number three. And it drops off like a cliff. After number thirteen, the earnings just on horses, real quick. Two point five for two point five million for for Orb, and uh, number thirteen is nine hundred fifty thousand. And from there, it goes on down pretty quick. <laughs> so usually, like the top ten or twelve are, are driving bunches of uh, dollars. Okay, so let's go on to. Uh, I was going to do some handicapping tips. I, I did some visual tips. I think, was that last week? No, last week was fun bets at the track. Yep. The week before was visual, and the week before was just some basic handicapping stuff. Yeah. So this this podcast, we're going to talk about some more, uh, kind of a deeper look at uh, handicapping. So Max, pull out the the form that I gave to you. All right, so so let's talk about one of the things that we talked about some, some different things looking at horses, but one of the things that... You have to pay attention to, but I don't, I don't think a lot of people do, are track conditions. So track conditions, let's talk a little bit about that. There's a bunch of abbreviations, and I actually learned something going through all the abbreviations. So for turf track conditions, you have firm, and where you find these on the racing form are right next to the the date of the race, the track, and then there's a little thing. It's either FST, FM, MY. So I'm just going to tell you what these different conditions mean. So FST is fast. FM, this is for turf. And now, so it's fast or hard, or there's a couple different terms they use, but fast is one that's commonly used. Firm is FM. GD, what's that, Max? Good. Good. On the turf, YL. Now, I had to look this up, and my buddy Tommy probably would know this. He'd probably kick my ass because I don't know it. It's yielding, YL, which means there's divots in the turf, which which is interesting. SF, soft. So that means it's, like, super squishy. Yeah. Um, so that's it for the the turf conditions. On the dirt, you have... FT fast, WF never heard this one before. It's wet fast. That means that it got like rained on, but the base is still good. So that means it's and actually I read that you it can be faster than fast, which is interesting. Mm. Then SY, what's that, Max? Mm, no idea. Sloppy. That's right. Then MY muddy. So sloppy is like visible water on the track. Yeah. Muddy is exactly what it is, muddy. Then you have SL, which is slow, and HY, which is heavy. So I guess there could be different kinds of mud, not not heavy mud, but light mud, I guess. Yeah. So Deep mud. And then GD, good. We already went over that for dirt. It's good. But th- then there was another one that was kind of interesting to me, and my one of my favorites, FZ. Frozen. Frozen. <laughs> really? I never, I've never seen that before, but that'd be interesting to see that. Yeah. So must be that more common on the East Coast, I'd think. Yeah, you would think. No, that happens in Arizona all the time. What are you talking about? 
Um, so why why do these matter? So there's there's been a few times where conditions matter. So I was I'm gonna tell a story now. Story time. Gather round. Story time. So when I was young, a youngster betting with my buddy Tommy, we we did a trip up to Woodbine. So Woodbine is a thoroughbred, a flat track up in uh, Toronto. It's a nice track. Nice mm. track. You get to play with funny money. Nice. And I think that <laughs> the dollar. At the, the loon? <laughs> no, it's a Canadian Canadian dollar. loon. <laughs> is that what it's called? The loon? The one with the bird on it? It's called a loon. It's fitting. Anyhow. Um, so we go up there for the weekend, and we're at Woodbine, and then we went to the harness track up there. God, what's it called? Can't remember the harness track's name. He'll kill me because of that green something, I want to say. We bet all weekend, and the first first day that I was there, I think I lost $350. Good. Which at the time was a lot of money to me. Yes. And the second day I was there, I lost $450. Now, I hope my wife doesn't hear this this podcast because... Um, so I, I, I lost my shorts. I, I, was, I was getting... And that was the, probably the most I had ever lost at a track. Right. Ever. Plus, it's Canadian money, so isn't it a little bit higher than... Uh, no, so the, was Canadian, the exchange the, pretty even? No, the Canadian dollar was worth 85 cents of the uh, U.S. dollar at the time. At no, the time. actually, it was probably less than that. It might have been... The exchange rate was maybe 35% more or something, but stuff cost more up there. Yeah. So it was kind of nutty. So anyhow, I was pretty... <laughs> after you take a sound thumping and... and Tommy took a sound thumping, so we're heading back down through, and we're coming up on Buffalo, Buffalo, New York, coming through Toronto. Go Bills! Um, and uh, we stopped at Fort Erie. I think I had twenty bucks in my pocket. Nice. And Tom had about twenty bucks, so we both had twenty bucks in our pocket. So we stop at this track called Fort Erie, and so. We had to train our funny money in to get American dollars because they, you know, we're in we're in the U.S. Now. Funny money. So I spend like my last dollars or last few dollars to get into the track, and it just so happened that that day, I won the first trifecta. So I had a trifecta. Nice. And then I was on fire because I kept. I don't know. I would pick horses and throw out the one that I liked the most, and I would win. So it was kind of like this whole crazy scheme. But I was like on fire, and Tom was winning pretty well too. So I had by the end of the day, the last race of the day, it's that the sun, op- the sky opens up, and it starts pouring out. And we're looking through the form, and there's this horse called Rat Catcher, <laughs> and he was he was like a good mud horse, and he wasn't didn't run really well in anything else. So I was like, ah, let's throw him in there. We threw him into the... And so I won two trifectas in one day. <laughs> and I was going nuts with Rat Catcher coming down the stretch. And it was kind of like this epiphany. This, like It was pouring out, and then the sun comes out, and this horse comes flying by. <laughs> and I won my second trifecta for the day on nice. Rat Catcher. Rat so we, catcher. This, is a, this, this is old folklore. It might be embellished a little bit, yes. <laughs> In our family, the Danettes embellish a little bit, but you know, it was basically I won two trifectas in the day, and I walked out of the track with about five hundred bucks. So I didn't—I don't think I got all the way back even, but I, I went home with cash, which yeah. was good. So anyhow, that's the, good. the the rat catcher story. And now my wife rat can't catcher. kill me because I won. <laughs> that's a really good name. It's a great name. That's a really good name. And, for and us, that that rat catcher. That story always gets repeated. 
so let, let's go on to something else here. So workouts. So on, on in the racing form, if you look at a past performance of a particular horse on the very bottom, they have works. So what are workouts? These these are you know the horses are going out once a couple times, two three times a week, working out to to get in shape. So they'll have if you look at I'm looking at um, let's say ride on Curlin for the Champagne. His he did a work on September 28th. It was a five furlong work, and he did it fast in one minute, even. So that is, so one of the things with um, workouts is the, the the general rule of thumb, and I said this earlier, is 12 seconds is a good time for one furlong, and one furlong equals an eighth of a mile. So in that particular instance, he ran five furlongs in a minute, so it was 60 seconds, so that's good. So five times 12 is 60, so that's that's a pretty good workout. So if they get under that, that's a really good workout. So for four furlongs, which is a typical workout, is 48 seconds. Um, eight furlongs would be one minute, 36 seconds, which is um, – 96 seconds so 8 times 12 is 96 so we're just doing math here simple math um, and the Kentucky Derby is a 10 furlongs which is 120 seconds and that's 2 minutes even which is a spectacular time so as the distances grow if you can keep consistent on that it's like almost unheard of it's ridiculous Yeah. so any, any guesses on who ran the fastest Kentucky Derby 10 furlongs and I think this is where the kind of the 12 furlong thing comes from is, was it secretariat it could be you have notes in front of you don't you you bastard but anyhow yes it is secretariat and and he actually did the mile and a quarter in a in a minute 59 which is crazy fast quick very quick so I was saying that you know 10 furlongs which a mile and a quarter is 120 seconds, which is two minutes. Minute 59, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's just under the two-minute mark. Yes, which is really good. I mean, so he yeah. must have blazed some fractions. And that thing has stood, and actually I think it was just the, we're coming up on the 40th anniversary, or it is the 40th anniversary mm-hmm. of Secretariat, which is amazing. He Secretariat also holds the track record, or the, the Preakness record at 153, which is a mile and three sixteenths, which is nine point five furlongs, which is one minute fifty four seconds, and he ran at one fifty three flat. But there was another horse that held the record at one fifty four, but they changed over time. They changed Secretariat's time to because I guess the 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 timing was wrong. So nineteen seventy one's Cananaro. Canyonero. Canyonero. Um, held it up until that point, but they, I guess they did something went on where Secretary ended up getting the 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 record for the Preakness Stakes. Yeah. And also the Belmont. So the Belmont, he ran in 224, which is crazy, which is 144 seconds, which is exactly 12 seconds for a mile and a half. So that's, that's pretty unbelievable. Secretary holds all three records. Um, so I think that's where the twelve second rule comes from. There you go. <laughs> so looking at works, 
so I was looking at the champagne just kind of cruising down, and I saw Debt Ceiling ran a four furlong workout in 47, which I, I take notice to stuff like that. And there was another horse I saw this past weekend that was ran a four furlong workout in 46, which is smoking fast. Yeah. They call those bullet works. So I would say pay attention to workouts because some horses, you can tell if they're informed by their yeah. works. Um, the other thing that you need to do is check standings of jockeys, trainers, jockeys and trainers basically at different tracks like Belmont right now. So I pulled all of Belmont stats right now. And Javier Castellano, Jose Ortiz, and Junior Alvarado are the leading jockeys right now at Belmont. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm surprised to see that John Velasquez is down down the leaderboard a little bit. So that's interesting. So sometimes you can catch stuff by looking at this. And then Pletcher, Chad Brown, Billy Mott are the top three. Christopher Kamlant, fourth. Linda Rice, fifth. Karen McLaughlin, uh, seventh. David Jacobson, sixth at Belmont right now. So it's another tip. There you go. Things to, things to watch for. So watch the... Trainers jockeys at the particular track you're betting because it's always helpful. It's different trainers do better at different tracks, just like horses. Just like horses, just like people. And I think that is a wrap. We got to do the plug list. The Close plug list. Uh, talk. Tell. Uh, say something really quick about the tweet you got the other day. Or oh yeah, so I there. was. Uh, I posted on on my Twitter page. I changed the header photo because I am a photographer almost every day or pretty much every day and I put one up of um, Calvin Burrell just before he won the I want to say the 2012 he beat Union Rags the 2012 Florida Derby Yep. and it was Calvin it was interesting because Calvin was kind of horsing around a little bit in what, the, what, in, what? In, the in the in the walking ring and he was laughing I got this really cool picture of him kind of pointed people and he was on I want to say Take Charge Indy yes Take Charge Indy won the 2012 mm-hmm. Florida Derby and I posted it and I and I actually put him in the post not thinking anything of it and he, he responded saying great shot yeah well so it was kind of cool so I got a, I got a little tweet from Kelvin Burrell so shout out to Kelvin shout out to Kelvin thanks Kelvin if you're listening if thanks. you're listening thanks so let's rattle through the. Uh, so we're out, out on Twitter. Out on Twitter, of course, as we said. Angolite Media. After uh-huh. the Twitter, you know, just search us there. Uh, we have a website, www.angolitemedia.com. There's also the Facebook. Facebook page. So go out there and like us. Um, and I think that's about it. I think that's. So far. Well, we're on SoundCloud, soon to be iTunes oh, that's and Stitcher. Right. SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Stitcher for our podcast. And yes, this is number. Sure. This is our fifth. The Cinco. So we're getting pretty, pretty goodly at them. Yeah, churning <laughs> them out. Um, churning them out. Yeah, I think that about covers it. You can find my show on iTunes and Stitcher, Beers, Beards, and Bastards. If you want to laugh and talk about craft beer with us, um, I think that I think that about covers it. That's a wrap. <laughs>